We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And this is going to be a podcast about a basketball game between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Houston Rockets. A win! Three, three in a row. Could we could we spend the next 25 minutes more productively? Maybe. But, but we're not. We're, we are not going to think about that. What we are going to think about, what we are going to talk about is one, Cat playing really well. He had another big numbers game tonight, 31, 7, and 5. We'll talk about Cat's numbers since the All-Star break and how they compared other best stretches of games over the course of his career. Two, we'll talk about Jared Vanderbilt. He always finds a way to make an appearance on <laughs> on these pods after kind of stinker games. I, I don't know what that's about, but I mean it in a positive way. He was 4 for 4 from the field tonight. He had seven boards. Three steals and was a team high, plus 17 tonight. And then three, we're going to talk about Chris Finch and how he's not resting, guys. Um, Finch talked before the game about um, how they're all in. Everyone's playing. No rest. Four, um, which is related to three, we are going to talk about um, how kind of shooting for the moon here and trying to win games might impact the Wolves' lottery balls. 
I'll give you an update on where the Wolves are in the tanking standings. I'm calling them the Flab 5. I'll run through what the schedules are or how it's just kind of shaking out between the Wolves, the Rockets, the Magic, the Pistons, and the Thunder who make up that five there. So that's right. You're hooked. Strap in for some Timberwolves talk. Cat. Cat's where we're starting. In all seriousness, I have recently been asking myself the question of whether or not, you know, Cat is playing the best basketball of his career. And, you know, to do that, we've we've had these um, 25 games that Cat's played in since the All-Star break. So I kind of have in my head started thinking about, you know, what are the other best stretches around that length of time in his career. And there's two that... There's two that are the other high watermarks for Cat, and one of them was the end of the 2018-19 season, which is the year that Saunders took over for Tibbs in the middle of the year. After the All-Star break that season, Cat was on fire. He was averaging 28 points, 13 boards, 4 assists. He was shooting 43% from 3, 64% from 2, that's nuts, and had a true shooting percentage of 63.5%. That is high, considering that he was shooting 19 shots per game over that run. The other equally insane stretch of time for Cat that was about 20 games in his career is at the beginning of last season, the 2019 season, that the full Saunders year. And these were Cat's numbers in the first 18 games of that year. Remember, they the Wolves started 10 and 8 and 10 and 8, they had a winning record that was in large part due to the fact that Cat was equally ridiculous. He was averaging 26 points, 13 boards, 4 assists, 44% from 3 on 9 threes per game over that run, 9. And he was still shooting 64% from 2, all of which was good for a true shooting percentage of 64.2%. Nuts. Basically, those of those two time periods those numbers are are the same it was 28 points per game versus 26 points per game the 2019 run when it was a little bit lower you'll remember Wiggins was kind of exploding at the beginning of the season he was actually shooting four more shots per game than Cat was so Cat scored 26 only and he had the same amount of boards the same amount of assists and he was shooting the most threes of his career and making them at 44.4 percent on nine threes per game that boosted his true shooting percentage up to his, you know, that that 64.2%, which was, you know, as good as he's ever shot for an extended period of time. So I would say those those are the, the, the two stretches that we're looking at comparing this most recent run against. And they were basically, those two were basically a push, I would say, in terms of offensive numbers. So now we have those two against this most recent stretch here. Cat post-All-Star break in which he's played 25 games. In that time, he's averaging 27 points, 11 boards, 5 assists. He's shooting 40% from 3 on 7 attempts per game, 55% from 2, and has a true shooting percentage of 61.9%. So that's basically the same number of points per game as those other two stretches. Two fewer rebounds, because remember he was averaging 13 in those other stretches, 11 now. But he's added an assist per game in this run. 40% from three versus the 43-44% that he was shooting in those other runs. So it's just really, really good shooting down from other 
worldly shooting. Um, that all leads to a 2% downtick in his true shooting percentage, which is a product of Cat. Recently, he's not been shooting that good from two. That's the it's kind of the fly in the ointment here is his two-point shooting. For some reason, I don't... I mean, I know people point to the wrist injury and stuff, but I would say that wrist is... I mean, it's been four months since he's hurt it. I, I don't think that's necessarily a great excuse for his two-point shooting. It's kind of bizarre. He's been at like 54, 55% all year from three. No, not from three, from, from two. And that includes his post-All-Star break run. So it's led to a little bit of a dip in his overall shooting efficiency. But this is only one side of the ball. Those numbers might be slightly worse on offense, but... But the difference here is that that Cat's playing the best defense of his career over this stretch. Individually, as a defender, he is a mile ahead of where he was in 2018-19. And then he's like a football field ahead of where he was in 2019-20. And we, we can just use the eye test, you know, to know this. We've been watching Cat play. It's obvious, pretty obvious if you're paying attention that Cat's individual defense, you know, has improved. But we can also use analytics here. And this is, this is the first season of Cat's career that he is an above-average defender for his position based on advanced defensive, defensive metrics. According to his defensive effective plus-minus, Cat is in the 54th percentile of defenders this year. And for me, that's enough to say that this stretch, this 2020-21 stretch of Cat post-All-Star break, given the defense is his best stretch of his career. And and what I think is actually encouraging about that is I would probably rank those three bubbles of time um, linearly. I think this is his best. His second best is 2019-20, the beginning of last season, and his third best is 2018-19. So it's, it's progressed over time in different ways. I mean, he's done different things better um, in each one of those steps. But but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to to give that defense some credit. I think it's a big part of the reason why the Wolves are 12 and 13 with Carl in the lineup since the All-Star break. I know that that it isn't awesome, but it's I mean being able to play 500 basketball since the break since the break, I mean with this roster it is in large large part due to the fact that Cat is playing. You know, at a minimum he's playing his best two-way basketball of his career and I think we're seeing that impact winning all right we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to talk some vando and then get into the flab five tanking standings i'm not sure about you but i'm taking a rain check on spring cleaning this year freshen it up for the season with comfort instead with some sheets with some towels some loungewear and more from brooklinen with their birthday sale happening this weekend, Brooklinen is offering site-wide savings on all things comfort for their biggest sale of the year. Brooklinen was founded by husband and wife duo Rich and Vicky with the goal to create beautiful luxury home essentials at prices that don't break the bank. By working directly with manufacturers, they ensure premium, high-quality comfort every time and at a fraction of the retail price. That means ridiculously soft bedding towels, and loungewear. Brooklinen is so confident you'll love everything. They will give you a 365-day warranty. They've even got 75,000 five-star reviews. It's hard to argue with that. Get everything you need for a fresh, 
spring during Brooklyn's biggest sale of the year. Shop Brooklyn's birthday sale going on this weekend. And if you're listening to this podcast after the sale ends, don't worry. You can still go to brooklinen.com and use promo code MORE, my last name, to get $20 off any purchase of $100 or more. That's brooklinen.com and enter the promo code MORE to get $20 off any purchase of $100 or more. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Look, no one's perfect. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash more and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash more. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. So I keep going back and forth on Jared Vanderbilt. I'm not going to lie. You know, most days when I see Vanderbilt out there, my opinion is that he's not that great. I mean, obviously, he's not a shooter at all. He has bad hands. And when he's attacking the basket, he can't really use his right hand at all, even on lamps. But then, in games like tonight, and not just, you know, this game was kind of gross against the Rockets, but in other games that they've won, you, know, you, you do feel Jared Vanderbilt's impact. I mean, there is a power in his activity on that end. And... And I mean, really where we see this most is in his defensive rating numbers. You know, when 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 Vanderbilt's on the floor, the defensive rating speaks for itself. It's it's comparatively great. And I think that the best way to illustrate this is the difference in Carl Anthony Towns' defensive rating when he's on the floor with Vanderbilt versus when he's not when he's on the floor not with Vanderbilt. When Cat's out there without Vanderbilt, the Wolves defensive rating this season is 119.6. That is awful. But Cat's defensive rating this season when he's on the floor with Vanderbilt is 110.3. You know, pretty decent. That's like an average team. But still, even, you know, with weighing some of the numbers, weighing some of that impact, I keep coming back to the question of, do I see Jared Vanderbilt as part of whatever it is they're building here? Does what Vanderbilt bring add to a team you know, when the team is better, theoretically better next season, do you feel this positive impact? Do do I see him as a part of this team? And as Vanderbilt, you know, was, was talking tonight, I, I just kind of thought to myself, you know, does he see himself as a part of this team? So I asked Vanderbilt after the game if he sees himself as a part of the Timberwolves going forward. Jared, you talked about uh, building building for next year with this with this group and this team and this this last stretch of the season. Uh, the majority of the roster is. Um, is going to be back next season is under contract. You're not, you're, you're a free agent. Is this, is this a group and, and a vibe that you want to kind of continue to roll with? Is this starting to feel like a place that, that you want to be long-term? Oh, I mean, I love this group of guys. You know, I feel like over, over the year or so, you know, we've, we've created a great bond on and off the court. Uh, obviously we had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, so we haven't been able to gain that much chemistry on the court, but um, judging by these, you know, past 10 or so games, um, 
we're just starting, I mean, we're starting to get better. You can see it all kind of piecing together. Chemistry's getting together. Uh, like I said, uh, Minnesota's embraced me since I've been here. They've helped me, you know, develop and grow. So, um, you know, I would love to, you know, be here long-term, but uh, right now I'm just, you know, continue to play, finish out the season and, you know, control what I can control. So if I'm Jared Vanderbilt, I, I, I want to be a part of a place that embraces me. Like he said, Minnesota has, and I think that's, I think that's true. They've given him opportunity, um, you know, to to show what he can be in ways that Denver certainly did it. But if I'm Jared Vanderbilt, I also want to be a player who, you know, clearly adds to whatever the team I'm on is building. You know, I I, I want to fit the plan. And it feels like sometimes it doesn't feel like the style of basketball Vanderbilt plays at his position fits this plan. It, it feels like he needs to kind of provide another element of something other than that energy. And I do think that he's actually started to do that recently over these, you know, past 10 games or so that he's been back in the rotation. I, I think what's been encouraging for me is that he, he's added to his repertoire that, you know, it's not just energy and rebounding. You know, he's defending ball handlers now. He is a point of attack defender often under Finch. And it I think if you remember back to the beginning of the year, the first time I remember, I remember seeing this, it kind of felt like a gimmick. The Wolves are playing the Lakers. Well, I guess that would have been the, what, that the third game of the season. And Saunders put Vanderbilt out on LeBron, and Vanderbilt just kind of annoyed LeBron. And you know we, we've seen that at other times too against other big wing superstars. Vanderbilt's got a shot on them. It's starting to feel less like a gimmick, though. Finch is consistently putting Vanderbilt out there to defend on the wing, to guard wings who he is bigger than. And tonight we saw it. We saw him on Kevin Porter Jr., who was who's a big guard and was functionally playing point guard for the Rockets tonight. I asked Vanderbilt after the game if he finds that role more fun than his old center rim-protecting position. And then you... You've been defending on the point of attack a lot more recently in, in these, you know, again, last 10, 15 games or so. You also played center at the beginning of the season and, and we're, we're rim protecting. Are one of those uh, defensive roles more fun for you to play? Uh, no, I mean, you know, whoever coach, you know, wants me to go, I have to go out there and go out It's the point guard center, the best player, whatever. So um, just trying to be, be that guy for this team, you know, like be out there and guard multiple positions. And just set that tone defensively, you know, pick, whether it's picking up 94 feet or uh, being low man presence or whatever, you know, uh, just being that, that uh, just being that uh, staple point on defense, you know, that's what I try to strive to be. I think we've all gotten to the point of thinking that Josh Okoge should be part of the rotation next season, right? Because just because of what he brings as a wing defender and an energizer, you know, for this team. And I think with Vanderbilt, that, you know, that's part of the case for keeping him too is – He's, he's kind of the same idea as Akogi. They, they both have the same offensive weaknesses, but Vanderbilt can do a lot of what Akogi brings defensively. And what's nice about it in the idea that, you know, Akogi is back next season and Vanderbilt is theoretically back next season is that they're, they're not exactly the same thing. I mean, Vanderbilt's got, well, like, what, six inches on Akogi? Five inches? He, he, he's bigger. He's longer. They, they would... It, it wouldn't be worth it if it was just another Akogi-type wing, but but Vanderbilt is bigger. He can guard bigger players. You know, that additional size to guard bigger wings than Akogi might be able to handle. 
And, you know, Vanderbilt's also bringing more rebounding. Now, I, again, I've flip-flopped on this on this podcast, but I do think there is a case to be made that Vanderbilt gets a hard look in restricted free agency this offseason, if for nothing else, to the notion of, like, this team's got to improve defensively, and it's he, he's really one of their few spots, few specific players you can point to on the roster this season to say, when that dude's on the floor, this team defends better. But that obviously, Jared Vanderbilt's restricted free agency will not be the biggest move of the offseason for this uh, for this Timberwolves team. You know, so much of happen of what happens this summer will be determined by what happens on lottery night. And you know, the potential for what can happen that night is, at least to some degree, being affected by this recent hot streak, winning streak by the Wolves. I mean, this third win in a row slides the Wolves to that third slot in the tanking flab five standings you know now at 19 wins the wolves now have four more wins than houston so that bottom spot is out of the question they have one more win than orlando who's in the two slot with 18 and they have the same amount of wins as detroit at 19 and two fewer wins than oklahoma city who now has 21 wins the thunder won tonight against boston see i mean i told you these teams are going to win a couple. It's not going to just be 10 straight losses for all these teams. You know, there's going to be some winning. But other than the fact that the Wolves won the game tonight, I think the biggest piece of tanking-related Wolves news was, was what Finch, Chris Finch said before the game. And he, he, you know, he made it clear on the record that the Wolves would not be, quote, unnecessarily resting players down the stretch of the season. We are... I mean, it's always gray with a lot of these teams and the, their tactics for tanking, but I think it's 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 fair to say that a lot of these other teams will be unnecessarily resting players down the stretch of the season. Here's Chris Finch's full quote on that. Chris, yeah, you, you, you will manage minutes on the back-to-back, but everyone's playing that's available. I mean, is that kind of a combination of just how they're feeling physically, but also just maybe the importance that you guys are putting in these games late in the season, even as, you know, obviously playing games and things like that are, are, are not in the cards for you guys. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, John, we, we, you know, we, we, we told, um, you know, a team and our, certainly our core key guys that we, you know, we weren't going to go into the stretch run here with the mentality of resting anybody unnecessarily. Um, because we're trying to establish chemistry, establish identity, establish a rhythm, take into the offseason a body of work that we can really assess. Um, and, and that's more important than anything else for us right now. Obviously, our players' health is, is paramount, but you know, guys are ready to play. They're feeling pretty good, and it'll be just a normal back-to-back minutes management scenario. So those are his words. Establishing an identity is more important than anything else to them right now. I know for a contingent of you, that's that's probably concerning to hear. You know, right now this team, this Timberwolves team is playing like a 500 team. And, you know, with that nine games left in the season, it doesn't, you know, what's half a nine, you know, four or five wins. That doesn't, that doesn't seem impossible on the surface. And if that happened, that it could have a, you know, potentially pretty big shift in their lottery odds. So let's run through those again. We'll go a little bit deeper than we have in the past. 
Again, I've said this before, if the Wolves finish with the worst, second worst, or third worst record, they have a 40.1 chance of keeping their pick. The odds are the same for those, and they're the odds by each pick of happening are exactly the same. They're flat. If they have one of the three worst records, they have a 14% chance at the number one pick, a 13.4% chance at the number two pick, and a 12.7 chance at the number three pick. Flat, same for all three of those. Now, if they fall to four, which you know, I'm, I'm still kind of thinking is maybe the most likely landing spot. Well, if that happens and their odds of keeping the pick drops from 40.1% down to 36.6%. But it's, I've been kind of selling this short when I've just been saying that, you know, it's just a dip in three point, a 3.5% chance dip. That's the difference between 40.1 and 36.6%. And the reason that's kind of me selling it short is that we do need to take into consideration that, you know, the odds of getting the number one pick drop in this situation. If you have the fourth worst record, your your lottery odds of getting the number one pick are 12.5% down from 14.0% in the previous, you know, in the, the best case scenario. And number two is 12.2% down from 13.4%. The number three pick is 11.9%, down from 12.7%. So the way you can kind of think about this is if they fall to four, their odds of landing in each one of those top three spots drops by about 1% each. Overall, a dip of 3.5%. Now, if they fall to the fifth worst record, those odds fall again. The likelihood of keeping the pick goes down to 31.5%. And their odds here of the number one are 10.5%. Their odds of the number two are 10.5%. And their odds of the number three are 10.6%. So the way you can kind of think about this is if they fall all the way down to five, that's about a 3% drop at each of the top three picks from happening. Now, I haven't been including the sixth slot when we've been talking about this on previous pods, but, you know, is what it is. Winning three in a row does bring in, you know, to question the possibility that they fall to the sixth slot and they move all the way ahead of even the Cleveland Cavaliers. And at that sixth slot, their odds of keeping the pick are 27.6%. A 9% chance at number one, a 9.2% chance at number two, and a 9.4% chance at number three. But again, to do that, and now this is the, this is the worst case scenario because they're not going to go even farther down to Sacramento, who's numerous games ahead of them there you know this would be passing cleveland and i know all the kevin love stuff they a lot of signaling that they're bad too but cleveland currently has 21 wins which is two more than the wolves and cleveland also plays orlando at home tomorrow on wednesday that should be a win that is the only relevant tanking game on the schedule on wednesday um, until thursday when the wolves play golden state it's a home game for the wolves I don't know what the odds are on that, but seems fair to say that's around a coin toss of a game. That night, Detroit also plays Dallas. Houston plays Milwaukee, but I'm kind of at the point where I don't really care about Houston anymore. They're, they've locked in one of those bottom three spots in my mind. And then Oklahoma City, who is another one of the more relevant teams to the Wolves right now, they play Orlando, or, uh, sorry, they play New Orleans that day. So if the Wolves do beat the Warriors on Thursday, which again, I think is a possibility, and they continue this winning streak, they get to four straight, it really would be helpful if at least one of Detroit, 
beat Dallas or Oklahoma City beat New Orleans. That way they at least are standing pat with one of those teams. So I just think that's the you know, I think that's the way to to look at this. You know, if, if the Wolves are winning a game, <laughs> look at the schedule and and see you know cheer for Oklahoma City or Detroit or Orlando, one of those teams to win two, and that takes away a little bit of the the small bite. And this you know this is a side plot worth tracking, and I'm I'm gonna I'll tweet about it on Twitter and I'll mentioning it here on the pod hopefully not in this much detail um, but again I, I just want to hammer home that those odds shifts aren't that meaningful you know just because you fall to four doesn't mean you fall out of the top three even five or six like your odds aren't that significantly different so I'm still in the camp of winning isn't the end of the world <laughs> not even close I think I wouldn't say this was a good win tonight in the sense that it, I just felt it was a pretty ugly game. I'd put it more in the class of, you know, that win against Sacramento uh, last week where, you know, it's just not as positive as the win over Miami felt or the, the wins over Utah felt. There's, in my mind. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And there's pretty substantial difference in, in, you know, the habits that those those wins instill compared to, you know, I don't know how much there is to take from this Houston win tonight. But that is all I have for you um, tonight. Again, Thursday is against Andrew Wiggins and the Golden State Warriors back at Target Center. We'll definitely do a Wiggins segment after that one. Check in on what our boy Wiggy has been doing lately there. I don't know if I can do a whole nother Wiggins D'Lo referendum. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe with D'Lo, he's been playing better. Maybe it's worth re-mentioning. We've we've bashed that trade pretty hard from a Wolves standpoint, and yeah, over the past month, Wiggins has been worse, and D'Lo's been you know better than expected. So, so that'll be those will be the two going at it on on Thursday night, and we will we'll talk about that after the game. But. Um, yeah, that's all I have for you tonight. Until then, I am Dane. Talk to you on Thursday. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah.